Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. So, George, I reckon this might be the most boring start to a podcast ever, officially. Right, okay. Right. What you got for me? I've got a new mop. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a brand right. new mop, right? Is and that why you wanted to get off the phone earlier? Because you were like, right, okay, okay, I'm going to go because um, I really need to go and clean my house. And I was like, <laughs> what? What on earth is yeah. going on? Yeah, listen, forget about Mrs. Hinch, right? Because move <laughs> over, because basically it's all about me now. And my it's a spray mop, mate, right? Change your life. You fill it, you like, I mean, I can't believe I'm going into details about this, but you fill up a little container, which you, you which you slot in and then you spray the thing and then it goes on the floor and then you just wipe it. You gli- It glides around the kitchen. I'm more <laughs> pleased about this than the first time I ever had a climax, I can tell you. <laughs> God, yeah. I was not expecting this kind of chat from you. I mean, True. this is not my department. I mean, this is the stuff I hand over to Judgey James. <sighs> what he has makes, happened to me? He makes the mop decisions in this house, not me. Well, I so, sort of feel like I've let myself down that I'm getting yeah. this excited about a mop. I need to go out and get drunk, for God's sakes. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I was saying to Dawes that it's really funny when people ask you how your weekend was because your immediate reaction is to go, yeah, really good. And then when you, like, obviously the weekends can be nice but as in nothing really exciting is happening so then they're like oh what did you do and you're like I went I went for two walks and then there's then there's this like deathly silence then you start telling a story about a mop to try and sound more interesting it's like those things that never used to be interesting like oh taking the bins out never used to be a subject that we used to discuss but now we'll tell a whole bloody story around the bins oh yeah the bag split and things came out onto the floor and oh it was a nightmare and I had to get the hoover out and then the mop came out so like, oh we're back with the mop again do you know what I mean like it's really weird there's nothing really to talk about any longer it won't be long the vaccine is going out left right and center to people that need it I reckon it's, it's all positive it. stuff oh yeah it yesterday yeah. brilliant so yeah my aunt's had it as well like yeah it's all good so yeah. let's keep our fingers and toes crossed yes exactly oh, so I just had this chat with my friend go downstairs oh look they're you know happily playing crayons <laughs> see I've got my life sorted it's absolutely fine <laughs> until the next day I'm changing Gigi's nappy and she basically has every color crayon in her poo <laughs> oh god you're joking <laughs> so this is the kind of stuff happening 
happened that happens when Judgy James leaves us for the weekend. They eat crayons, <laughs> it comes out in their poo, I leave them on their own. It's just, you know, we're not safe. We're not what, safe. What's hilarious is that I think um, Gigi basically eats everything that she shouldn't eat in the plate, like out of all the toys in the playroom. Like it's either Play-Doh, it's crayon. Like what else is she eating when you're not watching her? She will eat the outside of a baby bell. It's she mad. goes crazy if I peel it. She wants to eat the red wax. It's very odd. <laughs> oh my God, do you love Very odd. No, I try not to. But you know, sometimes yeah. I might just take the wrapper off and then I'm turning around to do something else. And then all of a sudden she's got the red bit in her mouth and she's eating it happily. I mean. Oh my God, she does seem to love it. Like the video of her eating the Play-Doh, she's, abs- she's on cloud nine. I mean, she is. I mean, you know, we just want to make them happy, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also just keep them silenced for a bit longer. So, yeah, whatever. Uh, Now, today's chat, very exciting conversation. First time we've ever spoken to a Paralympian. um, And this particular incredible woman uh, first picked up a tennis racket when she was about three years old. All right, um, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, and the stories, the inspiring stories that she told throughout the chat were really, like, made me want to do better. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. When we speak to these high achievers, it does make you question your life choices, doesn't it? I mean, it does go to show that if you put your mind to anything, you absolutely can do it. Um, And I mean, yeah, I I mean, what she tells us about what she did when she was pregnant. (laughs) I mean, I was basically, the only choices I was making when I was pregnant is, was it pick a mix for lunch or salt and vinegar crisps? Like, there is nothing else going on. <laughs> so true. Georgia, who are we chatting to today? Today we are chatting to Jordan Wiley. So today's guest is without a doubt a total sporting legend. She uh, created history by becoming the first British woman to win a Grand Slam wheelchair singles title when she lifted the 2015 US Open title. Uh, she has Paralympic medals to her name. She won Wimbledon whilst pregnant with her son Jackson, who's actually turning three on Saturday. Uh, this year, she's got her sights set on Tokyo. It's going to be a massive one for her. This is such an honour. Let's welcome Jordan Wiley to the podcast. Hello. Yay. Hi. Yay. <laughs> How are you, Jordan? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, we're all good. We're just mucking in, trying to get on. <laughs> what is life like for you at the moment? Um, just boring and great. It's it's such a mixture of things, isn't it? Because you, you're at home and it's kind of boring, but I get to spend all this time with Jackson and it's kind of fun. So it's a very strange time. And are you coming off the back of an amazing snow day yesterday? Yes. So I woke up at about eight o'clock and I told Jackson it was snowing. He was like, mummy, silly, Santa isn't coming. (laughs) (laughs) You woke up at eight o'clock. What's the secret with that then? (laughs) Yeah. So Jackson doesn't like to wake up before 8am. Stop Um, it. What? So I'm loving my life. (laughs) That sounds amazing. Is that something that he's always done? Has he always been a good sleeper? Absolutely. And there's been times where I've had to actually wake him up at like 830 because he's still sleeping. Oh, my God. Anybody that's got a bad sleeper that's listening is probably like gritting their teeth. But you know what? It's fine because you can't have it all, can you? Amazing sleeper. Sometimes they've got something that, you know, like fussy eater. Yeah, well, we do have the fussy eater bit, but we have the great sleeper bit. Yeah, I'll take, to be honest with you, I'll take the great sleeper over the fussy eater. Yeah, me too, definitely. Um, Jordan, take us back to your kind of early years and how you started your career in wheelchair tennis and kind of where the love came from. So 
basically my dad was um, big into sport um, and he he was competing at the Paralympics and after he'd done all of that, he had me, got married and um, just turned to tennis, kind of just sociably really. Um, but when I was three, he took me to Israel on a tournament where he was competing and um, I just started copying him at the side of the court. And uh, one of his friends just gave me a little racket and a ball. And literally, that was it. Um, and I was just hitting the ball against the wall. Um, and I've never taken the racket out of my hand since, really. Wow, wow. that's amazing. At three years old? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy because I was so small. Like, I've got all the videos and the photos. Um, and my leg was in plaster because I just had... Um, I'd, I'd broken my leg um so I couldn't like go in the swimming pool or do anything fun so hence why um they were trying to play tennis with me to sort of keep me occupied um yeah little did they know it would turn into my career so wow so you were born with brittle bone disease how you know how much of a hindrance was that and also just tell us a little bit more about the disease for people that don't know yeah so it's inherited my dad's got it as well um a lot of people get it mixed up because they think it's like a collagen deficiency, but actually it's um, it's a bone tissue deficiency. Um, so it just makes the bones in my legs more fragile. Um, so, I mean, my first break was when I was three months old and my dad was burping me and I broke my femur. Um, and oh, well, touch wood, I haven't broken anything since um, since I was 12 years old. So, I mean, from birth until about 12, I was breaking my legs, you know, a couple of times a year. I was having about, I'd had about eight surgeries. It was, it was not a nice time. Um, but right now, like it doesn't affect me as much. Um, it, it does seem to get better after puberty for some reason. So, yeah. You said it's hereditary. Um, and, and, was it was it absolutely going to be something that was passed on to, to you or was there a chance that it might have skipped a generation? I mean, how much information, I guess, did your parents have? Yeah, so they knew it was a 50% chance because my mum is able-bodied. My dad had it. So um, it was kind of just a lucky dip. Uh, and it was the same for me um, with Jackson as well. Um, but with my parents, the, you know, back in the 90s, they didn't have um, the ability to test the baby and so they sort of just had to wait until I was born um whereas with when I was pregnant with Jackson um I ha actually had a test where they st stuck like a needle into the placenta and took cells uh, and tested him for the disability and he doesn't have it wow okay that's amazing and at what point did you you know because you were saying that you sort of had a racket in your hand and you were three and were you walking at this point so at what point did you move or were you always in a wheelchair how how did that sort of start yeah, I mean, I was walking. I was a really late walker. I didn't even attempt to start walking until I was 18 months old. Um, and and I could walk, but with quite a heavy limp and not very far. Um, and I had to wear splints as well. So I used a wheelchair um, pretty much all the time. And to be honest, I used a wheelchair quite heavily until um, I went to high school and I had major surgery on my legs, which was basically just a massive life changer for me, which allowed me to walk further. Wow. And what was, you know, what was life growing up like, you know, at school? You mentioned that you were breaking your bones a couple of times a year. Like how how did that affect you, you know, socially and then also just in general, like with your tennis? 
Yeah, it was it was tough. Like I'm not going to lie and say that my childhood was amazing because it really wasn't. Um, you know, school life was hard. Um, I was bullied quite badly. I think. I think back like late 90s, early noughties, it wasn't um, it wasn't the norm for someone to be different. I know things are a lot different now and and disability is is out there in the public and it's becoming more more normal. But back then I was like the strange girl in a wheelchair um, and it was really, really tough time for me. And it was it was difficult to explain to, you know, a 10 year old friend that I can't go and play out in the playground um, with them because of X, Y, and Z. So it was it was tough and it was lonely, I'd say. I mean, I, th- I, th- I feel like that's a tragedy, isn't it? That that sort of level of, I guess it's, um, you know, it's just it's not ed- on education that that's what kind of era was like then. You know, we just weren't spoken to about it. And people, like you said, it wasn't the norm. And I guess now as a mum, do you feel that you have a responsibility to educate Jackson so that he knows that actually, you know, being different, you know, being not like the norm, all of that sort of stuff, which I hate anyway. It's just like that's something to celebrate rather than, you know, shy away from. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's really, really important to me. And I think I think it helps him having disabled parents because for him that is the norm, like to see a wheelchair. And um, at the moment he doesn't quite understand that mummy can't run because <laughs> he keeps asking me to like chase him and I'm like remember mommy can't run and he's like oh yes <laughs> so um yeah so we're getting there but um you know I do try and take him away on tour with me as much as I can because I want him to experience different cultures different languages but also um you know different disabilities because everyone um in the Paralympics it, it is is so different you'll see missing arms missing legs you'll see scars um, and I want him to to know that that's okay. Yeah. And you you mentioned when you were young, you know, it was quite lonely and you felt, you know, isolated because of your disability. Do you think it was that, you know, the feeling of loneliness and the isolation that drove you to be so successful? Yeah, I definitely think it did because basically my whole childhood, people would put me down and... Um, I, I mean, I'm stubborn. I'm really stubborn and I'm really driven. And I'm and people say that I'm overly ambitious, but I don't think there's such a thing. Um, so I'm kind of, I was kind of just like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to the Paralympics. And, and I remember in 2007, I was um, 15 and I was going through my GCSEs and I was like, yeah, I'm going to qualify for the Paralympics in Beijing. And everyone was like, no, I think you should just focus on 2012. Like you're not going to get there. It's not realistic. And um, I ended up going to, to Beijing. Um, I, I, yeah, and I did, I passed all my GCSEs and I managed to do that. And then I flew off to Beijing for my first ever games at 16. And I was just like, yeah, of course I was going to do that. So yeah, it did definitely spur me on a bit, I think. That is incredible, isn't it? I love that. It's like putting <laughs> two, two fingers up yeah, being like, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's how I felt. Um, you've obviously had so many achievements. I mean, to list them all, we'd be here for longer than the 45 minutes that we've got. But what's been the proudest moment for you, I guess, in your career and in your private life? Um, I think two performances really stand out for me. I think um, in 2012, when me and my doubles partner won that bronze medal, um, I think that's something that will stay with me forever because we were the first ever women in our sport to medal. So it was a real historic moment for us and our sport. And I just remember the feeling of just utter relief because 
I look back now, right? I, I was so inexperienced. You know, I was 19 and I, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, you know, a great standard, <laughs> I don't think. Um, and to actually pull through after being two match points down and I was bricking it. I was shaking. I was, it, was, it, was, it was a terrible, terrible performance from me, but somehow I got through it. And um, that was something that will just live with me forever. Um, and then I think in 2015, when I won my first ever Grand Slam at US Open, that's, that's forever special because it's my only singles one to date. And it was, it was like um, an overcoming moment where I felt like I'd done so much in the doubles and I was becoming this doubles specialist. And I was like, no, I'm a singles player as well. And it was, it was kind of a really proud moment for me to show the world that I'm not just a doubles player. You're like I can do it all actually I can, I can do double all to look guess what I'm a singles player as well <laughs> can we can we just talk about the fact that you were pregnant um when you know when you won Wimbledon I mean I I could barely like especially in the you know the where you're feeling sick and you're feeling awful I mean I could barely get out of bed in the morning can you just just talk just talk to us about that we we just can't get our heads around it can we so <laughs> Yeah, it was it was honestly a crazy time because so I I knew that after Rio I was gonna take a break or stop. I wasn't really quite sure what I was gonna do, but I knew that I really wanted a baby. Um and actually I, I fell pregnant quite early after um the Paralympics, but unfortunately um I had a miscarriage um in the new year, just after New Year. Um and it kind of threw my plans out the window because uh, I'd been off tennis. I was ready to tell everyone we were ready for the 12 week scan. Um, and then that happened. And I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do in terms of tennis, if I was going to come back or just completely go away. <laughs> it was it was a very strange time. Um, and we were fortunate again to fall pregnant quite quickly after the miscarriage. And um, it was coming up to Roland Garros and Wimbledon and, and my ranking was still there. So I was like, oh, I can play. And um, my fiance, well now fiance, was like, I don't think you're you. You could play. Like I was being sick, like all day, every day. Oh, were you? Was, <gasps> oh, it was so bad. I was on medication for the sickness. Um, and I was like, No, I'll be fine. I'll, I'll go and play. I can do it. And I went to Roland Garros. It's, I think I was seven weeks pregnant, and I, I was playing awful. I was sick everywhere. I had to go to the doctors and. Uh, and say oh I am pregnant but I can't tell anyone yet and the head coach was like oh do you have food poisoning I was like yeah I think I ate something dodgy and it was yeah it was a really horrible time and then it came up to Wimbledon I was I was 11 weeks pregnant and I was like this is pushing it like I'm 11 weeks I was getting a little bit of a bump I was sick as a dog and um and I said, I said to you, my doubles partner, I said, look, you're the only person in the world that knows this, but I have to tell you, I'm pregnant. I'm being sick. We're probably not going to win, but do you, do you still want to play with me? And she just went, she just went, yeah, no, that's fine. Like, let's just try and make the final. So I was like, yeah, okay. That's a really good goal. Let's, let's try and make the final. And uh, we got to the final and I, I saw that they put me on at 11 AM and I was like, no, that's it. I'm going to be sick. It's going to, it's going to be awful. And the first set, I was vomiting everywhere. I had to take a toilet break um, to vomit. And, oh, we lost it. And I was like, no, I'm going down here. <laughs> I'm, I'm admitting defeat. And she just turned to me and she said, um, if we win this, can you just, can you die later? Because we, we're in a final. And I was, <laughs> she's like that. She's just so brutal and honest. And I was like, yeah, you know what? 
I'm just going to give it everything. And if I'm sick on the court, I'm sick on the court. No one needs to know. And then that was it. I just gave it everything. And then the next thing I know, we'd won. And it was, it was, it was insane, honestly. That story is phenomenal. I mean, I mean, Georgia is absolutely right. When most of us has got, have got our heads down the loo, like managing to eat a little bowl of mashed potato every day for the first 12, 16 weeks, you've gone out there and won a Wimbledon doubles title. Like that is absolutely incredible. Um, I guess that's kind of how you are as a person, right? So everything you do, you have to be the best at. Is that right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I'm so stubborn. I'm just like, yeah, I can do absolutely everything in the world <laughs> at any given moment. So it, and at that time, it really helped me. And and if it wasn't for Yui pushing me on, um, I think I would have struggled. But it was just having her by my side. And she she was just like, yeah, come on, you can do this. You can be sick later. It's fine. And I, was like, yeah, <laughs> I can do it. I'll be all right. <laughs> Is that how you walked into the labour, do you think? Do you ha- did you have um, a kind of healthy, strong view on how baby was going to come out and um, and how you wanted that birthing experience to be? Yeah, well, I was under a consultant because um, they weren't sure. So, so with my condition, they weren't sure if if because um, Jackson didn't have the disability, he grew normally. So he was quite a big baby. He was um, almost eight pounds when he was born. And I'm only four foot nine. So I'm dinky. I was I was literally like a table carrying him. I was so huge. Wow. Um so they weren't sure if I was going to have um, issues birthing him. Like, was I going to break my pelvis? Was he going to get stuck? All of these things. Um, but, you know, I had a really smooth pregnancy and, and um, I, I gave birth to him in the pool, um, which I really wanted to do. Um, and, yeah, everything was 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 really great and, and quite quick, actually. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, as births go, I mean, it weren't great, but <laughs> it was um, it was as good as it could have gone. Wow. And then what about the early weeks? You know, like, you, I mean, you sound like an absolute tough cookie. And I feel like anything that life throws at you, you're probably going to absolutely nail. But I think a lot of us, you know, are career women or, you know, we're quite strong women. But those first few months of having a baby, everything changes. How, you know, how was that for you? Uh, it was terrifying. I I remember um, bringing him home and just staring at him. And like I was, I said to my partner, "What what do we do now? Like, where's the manual? I don't know what to do with this small human." Um, and I stayed up. I, I'd been up because um, I went into labour um, early hours of uh, two a.m. So I hadn't slept that day. And then I had him at three uh, thirty in the afternoon that day. So I was obviously awake that whole time. And then I brought him home at 9pm and I, I stayed awake the whole night just staring at him. And I was just terrified that something was going to happen to him. And I was like, the blanket's going to go over his face. Is it too cold in the room? Um, is he just going to stop breathing? Like I was just, I was a mess. Um, and I was probably a mess for, for a good, you know, two months after that. Um, but I felt like I, it's just one of those things that you learn on the job and I just adapted. How supportive was your partner during those, you know, early few months? Yeah, he was great. You know, he got up in the night with me and I really struggled to breastfeed. Um, I really wanted to breastfeed. I ended up breastfeeding for about a month before I just couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. And, you know, he just wasn't latching on correctly and he wasn't getting what he needed. Um, So, you know, that was upsetting for me because that was something that was really important. But, 
you know, at the end of the day, it's um, I did it for a little bit. I tried and him getting the milk is, is more important than my pride. So, no, he, he was great. And he, he did all the night feeds when he could. And he supported me um, all through the day. And no, it was it was a really good time, actually. I, I kind of missed the, when he was a little a little baby and he couldn't talk back to me. Yeah, I know what you mean, actually. At the time, you're kind of like flying by the seat of your pants and not knowing what you're doing and, you know, moments of real bliss and then moments of quite intense pain, I think. But then after it's gone, um, you, you sort of realise that you'll never get that that same baby bubble experience again because it will be with another baby if you choose to have another child. And I, I'm, I'm not having any more kids. I can't. And um, I was looking at sort of some old bump pictures the other day and I was thinking, I'm never going to have that bump ever again. And I started to get quite teary that I wasn't going to experience that newborn. I wish there were so many things I wish I'd done again, you know, actually. Yeah, absolutely. I, I miss the bump sometimes. And um it's just one of those things, isn't it? Like when, if you've never been pregnant and then you're you're pregnant and you, you can't describe the feeling of the kicks to someone who hasn't mm. been pregnant. And like sometimes I'm like, oh, I really miss that. Or oh, I really miss when he used to lie on me for three hours and just fall asleep when he yeah. was like a one week old. Yeah. Whereas now I can get like a two second cuddle and then maybe a punch in the face from my toddler. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you'll have more children? Yeah, I would love to have uh, more children. Um, I would like to have at least one more. I I was always convinced I was going to have three kids, but now that um, I've seen how much work one is, (laughs) I think maybe two might be my limit. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> let's talk let's talk about your um kind of decision to get back into tennis after the baby. And what did your rehab I, guess, I call it rehab look like post birth? I mean, again, lots of us struggle with things like pelvic floor and, you know, even just sort of going for a jog or doing a little bit of light exercise, but actually getting back out there and becoming like a tennis star again. How was that for you? Yeah, it was really hard, you know, because um, obviously before I had Jackson, I was really fit and um, I, I had never been a, a pound over 52 kilos in my life. And I was that I was that annoying woman that could eat ice cream for days and just never gain any weight. So I really took that for granted. Um, so when I when I got pregnant with Jackson, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to eat everything. I'll be fine. I'll spring back. And um, I ended up gaining like two stone. Um, and then regretted all of my life choices. So um, it was really difficult to lose weight because I'd never been in that position before uh, and to the point where I couldn't even fit into my wheelchair. Um, so I had to I had to get a new wheelchair made. I had to try and lose the weight. I, I couldn't get into any of my tennis clothes because obviously they're all Lycra, which is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was. I found it really, really tough. We'll be right back after the short break. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So welcome back, uh, back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Where were we? And do you think, you know, if you, you know, you mentioned you want to get pregnant again at some point, do you think you'll wait till life after tennis or do you think you're just going to go for it again and, you know, be 11 weeks pregnant and absolutely smashing it on the court? <laughs> no, I mean, I don't I don't think I could do that again. Because um, when, when I had Jackson, I wasn't entirely sure I was going to come back to the sport um, because I, I, I'd had such a long career with like zero breaks and I was in quite a bad place after Rio because I was I was so hard heartbroken about not um, making it on the podium um, for the singles and, and it really affected me. It was kind of like a really bad breakup with tennis. Um, and it wasn't until I saw Wimbledon in 2018 and I was watching my competitors, you know, play Wimbledon. And I just remember thinking, I can beat these girls. Yeah, I, I've still got it. And that's what made me come back. Um, but I've, it's so hard to, to juggle, one, getting back into shape and, and losing the weight um, and getting my fitness levels back up, but also the childcare aspect of things. Just, um, you know, if Jackson was in school and then I had another baby and then I'd have to start traveling the world again for another couple of years, I'm not sure um, that would work. Well, I don't think my mum would appreciate uh, looking looking after two kids. See you later. I'm off to Australia. <laughs> yes, yes. See you in five weeks, mum. You'll you'll see me on the beach drinking some pina coladas in between yeah, my games. Luck. No, of course not. Um, Jordan, well, you've got to go and smash Tokyo, though, right? I mean, that's the next thing on the list, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the whole reason why I came back was to to give it a real good shot at Tokyo because the only thing I don't have in my medal cabinet is a singles medal from a games. Um, so my 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 get my aim is um, gold, obviously. Um, and 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 well, previous to COVID happening, um, I was really I felt like I was on track for that. Um, I was in a really good place. Um, I've got myself in a year. I'd gone from being unranked. Um, to be in, you know, again in the slams, and now I'm, I'm ranked four in the world. Um, so I really want to give that a really good shot um, because I feel like I haven't reached my potential in tennis yet. When do they think it's going to be happening? Will you be taking Jackson with you? Um, no, I don't think I will. Um, well, I don't think they're going to allow um, <laughs> to um, other than Japanese um, Japanese fans. I'm not sure they're going to allow anything else, but. I think it would just be too much for him. Um, you know, he'll be three and a half and it might be a bit much for my mum to look after him and keep him occupied whilst I'm playing and stuff. So I think it's better that he just stays at home. Do you find that tough, um, you know, going away for long periods? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, it's the whole reason why I didn't go to Australian Open because obviously I should be out there now competing. Um and, and it was a really difficult decision because obviously I missed competing and I wanted to wanted to compete there, but I just couldn't be away from Jackson for five weeks. I mean, two weeks is sort of my limit. I can I can deal with two weeks, um, but after that, I just I just the mom guilt sets in and I just miss him. Um, so I just I couldn't um, I couldn't do it. I couldn't fly out to Oz. 
it's it's amazing to to think about that side of it actually and I think it's really important for us to take a moment to think about what you know you go through as an elite athlete because we watch you on the telly and we're like you know look at her smashing it on the court and you know she's away where is she and then you don't actually see you as a mum who's actually just away from their child and you know both Georgia and I spend well all of us are spending a lot of time with our kids but you know we were even discussing going on an actual honeymoon when the whole world opens up again and I'm like he's like yeah no come on we'll do it we gave away for 10 days I was like 10 days away from the kids I'm just not sure whether I could I mean now I've obviously been at home with them for like nearly a year so I'm like <laughs> get me on that plane Give me 10 weeks. <laughs> it must be really really challenging just as a mom to be away from their son away from her son it is it really mm. is and I think the the older he gets the harder it gets because you know when I first came back and he was a baby he didn't know that I was gone um whereas now you know he's almost three and he knows that I'm gone and he'll he'll say it like if I'm not there for a little while and I come back Obviously, he will miss me, but then he'll want to do everything with his dad. And it's like, no, I don't want you, mummy. Like, daddy's my best friend. And I'm like, hits me in the heart. I'm like, oh, no, I just can't. So I get jealous and I'm like, no, you go out for the day and I'll just have him for the whole day and I'll make him do things with me. (laughs) But like, imagine that moment because when he's older and he, you know, he knows exactly what you've done and what you've gone through and what you've put your body through and how, what, you know, what an amazing success you are. He's going to be, I'm sure he's so proud of you already, but he'll really understand the enormity of it. Yeah, he will. And he knows that mommy plays tennis. Um, and, and, and he, ha- well, previous to COVID, obviously, he um, was having tennis lessons and he was really showing a big interest in tennis, which is really exciting for us. Um, and he, he's really, really sporty. Like, he loves his football. Um, he's got amazing hand-eye coordination. So I'm not sure if that's in the genes, but um, yeah, he loves it. He loves watching me play and he understands that I play tennis um so I'm hoping that he's gonna want to play sport because that would just be amazing Uh, um, there's a lot of talk in the press around uh, men retiring from professional sport and how how hard it hits them and actually maybe to do with the fact that you know a generalization here but men aren't as good at communicating how they're really feeling you know showing strength and vulnerability is quite a challenging thing for, for, for men to do so you know we hear a lot that you know when they come out of professional sport they kind of tend to dip slightly um, and some of them can really plummet into some sort of depression afterwards both Georgia and I live with sportsmen one who's still playing one who isn't um, do you think about your life post tennis and do you think that will be something that affects you um, yeah, I mean, I have thought about it um, because, you know, Tokyo will be my fourth games. Um, I'm not sure what I'm going to do after that. I'm kind of just focusing on Tokyo and then I'll, I'll see where I'm at after that. Um, but, you know, the the silver lining of 2020 was that I was able to really focus on myself and just do some personal development. Um, I qualified as a mortgage advisor um, a year ago. Um, so now that I have um, qualifications under my belt, I feel a lot more secure because, you know, I, I quit college at 16 and um, didn't complete A-levels because I wanted to turn pro. So, you know, I've, I'm now about to turn 29 and I didn't have anything other than GCSEs. Um, so, you know, it is kind of scary when you're looking to you when you're towards the end of your career and you're like, oh, I'm going to be retired before I'm 30 with no qualifications. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I have thought about that. But now I feel it's just so much more secure that I, I do have my um, my qualification in, in, in financial services. Yeah. And is that is that, you know, the plan? Is that what you're going to go into? Or do you think you'll keep your finger in tennis if you can? Yeah, I mean, I would love to go into financial services. Um, 
hundred percent. Um, but I, I would never just be able to walk away from tennis like completely. Um, my fiance um, is a tennis coach and he manages our junior squad. Um, so I'm, I'm quite heavily involved in that and I love to be around the kids and um, do a bit of mentoring and show up at camps and, you know, all of that fun stuff. So I'd like to continue to do that. Can you come and sort my serve out? <laughs> that is the, the most serious question that you'll hear all the podcasts because the rest of the game, all right, the serve is so erratic. Um, I'm just absolutely dreadful at it. So is that a possibility post-COVID? All done. I can definitely give you some tips. Although I'm still working on my own, sir. But yes, hundred percent. Oh, listen! Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Before before we say goodbye to you, um, we would love to hear your diehard mum products. Um, we like to ask our guests at the end of the chat if they've got um, any products that they swear by in the home. Um, yeah. So. Oh. There's quite a few, but I think when Jackson was born, um, the two things that were just absolutely game changer for me was the the glow egg because I was always able to see the, the room temperature if it was okay, and um and, and it was a little nightlight right, so it's perfect, and um the the sheep that makes the um, you and the sheep you and the sheep what a yeah. legend that guy is. <laughs> Uh, it, it put Jackson to sleep. It saved many a tantrums. So those two are with me for life. And just to finish up, what is the best piece of advice you would give to a new mum? I would definitely say just we're all winging it. Like we're, we're all in the same boat. It's okay that you, you feel guilty or you feel sad and that you don't have a clue what you're doing and because we all feel like that. But it, it does get better and you will adapt and you are amazing and you are the best mum that you're being right now. Love, Love that. that. Thank you. I listened to that just then. It's not, that's not just for a new mum. That's for, yeah, that's, that's for all mums. All parents. Mums. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's for all mums and parents. But I remember just feeling like I was clueless and I, knew I was not doing the right thing. But everyone parents differently. There is no right or wrong and everyone is amazing. And listen, we've got our fingers and toes crossed for Tokyo for you. Come on. Come on, Jordan. You can do it. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Lovely to chat to you. And you. I love her so much. I thought she was brilliant, wasn't she? Yeah, it just blows my mind, to be honest with you. I said it during the chat, but it really does. How how is it humanly possible to do all that? I know. And since... since the chat, we've got these two little tennis rackets in the garden. Um, you know, <laughs> you know that game where you've got a tennis ball um, on the end of a, a, like a piece of rope that goes swing round and round. Ball. Swing ball. I loved that swing ball. So yes. since chatting to Jordan, I was like, Luna's four, like got a sporty parents. She'll be amazing. So I was like, how about we play a little bit of this? And I've like chucking the ball at her. She's like missing it, swinging the racket around. She hit herself in the head with it. She's like, I don't like this. I'm like, no, okay, fine, we we'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs> We'll find another dream. It's fine. Um, Yeah, we want to say massive thanks to Jordan for being so open and honest with us as well. It was really great. And as always, uh, we would love you to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. And if you do have time to give us a little five-star review, that would be wonderful. Yeah, and please do keep your messages coming about the podcast, any suggestions you've got, and also sharing when and where you're listening. DM us at Made by Mamas on, on Instagram or on Zoe's own channel at Zoe Harvman. So, as we know, it's children 
Nation's Mental Health Week this week and we've got a special podcast episode on Friday coming for you but uh, to finish the podcast this week Sony have teamed up with Billy Ocean and the Young Voices Choir featuring friend of the podcast Yolanda Brown and Ruti yeah, I mean, as we all know, children are really suffering in this pandemic. The latest stat from Place to Be is that one in six children and young people have a probable mental health condition. Um, so this is an amazing track for such a great cause. Yeah, and we're going to play it out for you now. So really hope you enjoy it. Have a bit of calm with this and we will see you on Friday. Look forward to it. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.